Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Um, I have one more sex episode to do. I'm talking with my best friend. We figured the best way for me to conclude sex episodes for a month that I've been concerned about is she brought to my attention. Um, that is, uh, when it comes to sex, um, this is her exact words. I don't use her name because we can just group her seven times. Y'all know it at this point. That she says she, she says such things, you know, that I'm about to say because um, we talk about my pilots all the time. We talk every day about Jesus. Um, her exact words, which for me, and I say for Ava, some guys in the world of mainstream say that I want that ass, I like that ass, but there don't be nothing to the ass if you just like one time, and they go back to the jackhammering, the cow driving, the bam, 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 get it, get it, get it, I'm done, and if the woman wants to do something, they'll do it real fast, and they go back to jackhammering. Or the woman has to keep telling the guy to do it, or they'll do it a little bit and not do it at all. Or if the woman keeps telling him to do it, the guy will get mad and say, I can do whatever I want. Those are exact words, but it was porn. It's, you know, she's a surf, me too. Um, we're very much into satire, by the way. We're into honoring cautionary tales, friends, edutainment. Edutainment meaning we are entertained through wisdom. When we have wise conversations, myself and my friend. And I wanted to say that because I feel like if I quoted her, then I can officially conclude the sex episode. If I didn't say that, I feel like I couldn't conclude well. And the best way for me to conclude well is after I say this, I know I have a, the best episode set and that I can conclude. There's another issue that she brought to my attention. She was saying, you know, a lot of people in the mainstream porn world don't have like good breath. Well, you know, in terms of breathing, their sex is very rushed and looking constipated, uh, looking angry, and looking like they have a serious condition that's been unresolved and unchecked and unlooked at. And uh, I agree with her. Um, I feel like in a world of porn, there's a lot of the whole, uh, you're still looking at the woman, but okay, now that you're having sex with her and she has to be on camera, you have to transition from merely looking and commenting to now you have to actually talk to her. But a lot of times when you talk to her, they may repeat what she says or do what she said while repeating what she said. It could be a sex order. Like, do this to me, do that to me. And then repeat it and do it. It's like, you still have to have some kind of sexual conversation. A lot of times they'll respond with a form of just moaning. Ugh. And it's like, okay, I understand that. But she's asking questions or asking repeatedly as we're turning on. You have to have enough mindfulness and being in the present moment to at least hold the conversation. I know in sex, you know, holding the conversation is not the biggest part of the sex, but, you know, 
you're it's you're still interacting with the person. You're having erotic socialization, or as you like to call it, fly. And so that's why people have to understand when sex with somebody, you still have to be present enough to at least hold the talk. That person is talking to you to keep help you keep you turned on. And it's a way to help them keep them turned on. So it's a community between you and them being turned on, right? And so my best friend said that to me, and she said this in a very respectful way. She said, based upon how you talk to me about sex, I could tell that you have the perfect breath, that you really do care about your partners, that care about you, that you have good breath too, um, that y'all are hygienic, that y'all self-care, y'all do the personal caring, personal care very well, and that honestly, for myself, I'm an affectionate lover, and my lovers are affectionate too. Um, I'm a sensitive love, my love is sensitive too. So, we are caring lovers, myself and my partners, right? That's how it works. I think about how, for me, um, as a love, as a lover, um, I, I always want to, I always learn and grow as a lover. The lover that I was yesterday in terms of sex. I'm just giving an example. Just, just an example. The lover that I was yesterday in terms of sex will not be the same way I was yesterday because I'm going to always learn and grow when it comes to sex. I think a lot of people don't think of being a sex partner as the, as the need for evolution, no? I'm like, yes, you do need to have constant evolving, constant growing and learning and developing and maturing and blossoming as a lover. Because if you have sex with the mindset you have, that doesn't mean cruelty on my part. It just means the more I have sex with somebody that I am genuinely, but more importantly, harmlessly having sensible chemistry with and there and it's the same for them towards me that means during sex i should be taking mental notes you can take mental notes but focus more on the person and mental notes you can still have electrifying sex but always learn about okay when it comes to sex i could have done a little more of this or less that or you know, let me pay more attention to their moves, let me pay more attention to their temperature, let me pay more attention to their vibe, or, you know, oh yeah, that person wanted me to do this, and I was too caught up in the orgasm, let me be a little less caught up in the orgasm, and more caught up in the person, so I don't miss signals anymore, maybe I can stop missing signals, maybe I can listen well, and not feel the need to counteract with, well, I gotta tell them what to do too. No, I need to fully listen. I need to be fully focused on them. They need to fully listen to be fully focused on me. Because that's how sex works. And I thought about with sex, okay, maybe I can not be as forceful. I'm not talking about sex crimes. I'm talking about, you know, maybe with my hand placed in hand control, maybe grab them a little less tighter. You can still grab them. 
you know, maybe it hurt them a little bit. Maybe they went a little bit and I thought it was orgasm. And it turned out it wasn't. I was like, ooh. But sometimes, you know, I've learned that, you know, every time I have sex, I decided, as a person who's dealing with sexual abuse, I've learned that I always need to reflect on the sex that was had and how I could be better next time. I'm not talking about sexual perfectionism. I'm talking about there's always room to grow as a lover. There's always room to go, okay, I need to, I could have responded better when I said certain things and let me, let me improve my response toward them. I'm not saying don't be grateful, don't enjoy the moments and don't worry about being perfect. When, okay, what I'm, what I'm saying is don't worry about being perfect. That's true. What I'm saying is I'm not a perfectionistic. I'm not an ungrateful person. I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for the type of lover I am. At the same time, I understand that gratitude and growth combine. You grow in your gratitude and gratitude means that I'm growing, right? So I put both together like, yes, I fully enjoy the sex, but how can I socialize better with my lover, whether we're having sex or not, and not having sex, how can I speak to them better? How can I, at times, spice up the vocabulary? Not to be a pseudo-intellectual, but how can I have limitless ways to express kindness to my lover, right? And how can I um, be fully sensitive to my lover? How can I fully grow in my sensitivity towards my lover? That's how I think, and that's how I operate, that's how I'm feeling. Um, because I think that some people are so into growth that they push gratitude and contentment out of no, there is nothing we could have done better. That was the sex that was supposed to be had. But then, some people are so into being grateful that they don't grow. So I avoid the extremes of the whole, I'm so happy that it's all good. I never need to grow. But I also, And I avoid the extreme of, man, I'm thinking about growth too much. So those are the extremes that I avoid, and I even avoid those extremes in other areas of life, I avoid those extremes when it comes to sex. So sex for me, how can I explore my fetishes? Of course, without fetishization, how can I explore my fetishes in ways that, you know, maybe I need to listen better. Maybe I didn't sense enough. Or... Maybe I could have been a little more patient. Maybe I could have been more thoughtful. Maybe if I could have been kinder to my lover, maybe the sex could have been even better than what it was, you know? So I'm always learning and growing with lover, but I maintain the gratitude, the contentment, the appreciation, the thankfulness, the gratefulness. I, I, all that stuff is what I do as a lover. I, I, I understand that, okay, maybe the sex of that moment is something I could, we could have done better based upon the mood at the time, what was affecting us outside of the sex, 
but now that okay today is a different day for us now i can apply what i learned i couldn't apply it then because maybe i wasn't supposed to apply it based upon the fact that when it comes to sex right we all have different days so what's right for that time sexually it may not be right for the sex that we're having right now because we have different things affecting us during different days so maybe by love or myself maybe we we're very busy so we we still had the hotness for each other it's just we learned and grew after the sex and we learned that okay now that we're not so busy maybe we can be a little more attentive we're never inattentive it just means that it's easy for us to be more attentive and easy for people to be attentive and so those are things that I, I i think about and as a lover i decided that i want to grow before sex grow during sex and grow after sex a lot of people have sex the same way all the time me i'm more okay what's the uh, and this is what i say to my loved ones on screen off screen you know what i want to do because the triple x career da, 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 we aren't but i would say you know whatever you want me to do to you i already know that i would like it at the same time i need to know what do you want me to do to your body because whatever i do to the body i'm also doing it to your mind what do you want me to do to your mind and my lovers are basically the same ways of thinking about sex comes to me so whatever i'm saying they think it and say it too and they say it to me uh we say our rub off to each other so i'm just letting y'all know getting out previous so that's the kind of lovers that i am it's just like okay you know maybe i could have shaved a little more maybe i could have shaved a little less because you know some lovers they're, they're like well i kind of like that hair don't shave that because you know it, it it's one of the reasons why i turn on so some lovers are different with some lovers i can shave a little less some shave a little more some people have their purposes it doesn't make me not true to myself either way because i don't have a preference on it but some lovers will be like um you know i don't want you to be completely bald <laughs> you know I, I i want i want some i want some fur while some lovers are like well um i want to fully lick you so i need i need that to be bald hey everybody's different Some people will lick you even if you're hairy. They don't care if it's I'm just saying. It's true. So, I think about these things all the time. Like, maybe I could have spent more time in the gym. I could have worked out a little more. Maybe I could have been more, a little more flexible and endure. Like, good endurance, good stamina. And stuff. So, those are things that you learn. I think sex is something you never stop evolving in. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes, depending on circumstances, nothing could have done better at that time. But now that that time has passed, you can't have it the same way anymore because now the schedule is different for this time we have sex. 
So not what I couldn't apply and shouldn't have applied then because there was no reason to. Because we didn't have the schedule at the time to apply what we have now because they could have been busier, you know, or they could have, you know, maybe have had a crisis that day and they still was like, look, I'm not so sad that we can't make love, but, you know, what they had that going on? There's outside influences that we have to be careful that influences the sex that's being had inside. But also there's outside influences that can affect the public sex that too. Hey, we, it's legal, kids aren't traumatized, we're away from the public, but we're outside, you know, outdoorsy sex, but we're not trespassing, we're not idiots. So, I've learned that sex is something I should always grow to develop, and I should, I should grow in being humane and ethical to my partner, and then to me, because I'm telling you, what I'm saying, they think it too, so. It's not one-sided at all. We're very multi-dimensional, three-dimensional things. We're very multi-dimensional. So I recognize, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I really recognize the importance of being um, a lover that is understanding of the fact that I have to always communicate what I'm thinking, whether it's verbal or not represent too. We always have to make sure we're okay before or after sex. And when I have sex, we need to constantly, like, always know how each other's doing so we can find creative ways that are helpful and healing to keep each other at peace regardless of what's happening. So let's get to relationship and consent. Going with someone or being in a relationship, casual, committed, for example, can make you feel many different things. Happiness, nervousness, excitement, healthy, lust, and love. Love can be compassionate love, and that's love in my case, because I could casualship only, compassionate love only. You know, that's how it is. Sometimes it can also be confused, especially when it comes to intimacy and sex. Um, you can be intimate without having a serious relationship, and that would be me. Intimacy is when two people are more than two people, because, hey, I like to have good sex, too. Become physically, sexually, and slash or emotionally close. So you can be emotionally intelligent as a lover, and you can have emotional self-regulation as a lover without the serious relationship type of emotional intimacy. You can have emotional intimacy and still be casual, meaning you, like I said before, you can revere the emotional state of your lovers and they revere your emotional state. Um, because sex has feelings, sex has emotions, sex has thoughts, sex has dynamics, sex has complexes, you know, type, ways of perceiving, thinking, living, and loving. But that serious, you know, casual, it's true. Sex is, has its own centrality. Sex has its own spirit, and I mean that not religiously. Um, sex has its own personality, temperaments, and all these things are attributed to people. People bring those things to sex, reflect that sex. Right? 
and I learned that for me, um, sex has all areas of life too, all areas of personalism, all areas of professionalism, it's all real. So I had to look at sex that way. It could be hard to know if the person and or people you're with wants to be more intimate with you or not. Sometimes it's hard to ask or find out how the other person or other people are feeling. It's important that the person or people you're with get their consent and levels of intimacy you have with them. Consent is a relationship. Consent is when one person agrees or gives permission to other people or another person to do something or some things. It means agreeing to an action or actions based on your knowledge of what that action or actions involves. It's possible consequences it's possible consequences and having the option of saying no. When it comes to sex and relationship and relationships, consent is really important. It's important to remember that both of you are more than both of you have response have responsibility or responsibilities to make sure that you both are more than two feel safe and comfortable every step along the way. Remember your actions toward the person people you're with can greatly affect the ways they feel about you themselves, with relationships, and sex in general. Why is it important to make sure that the person you're with has given consent? It's important that you are sure that the person you're with is happy and comfortable. You know, that the people you're with are happy and comfortable too. Because non-consensual sexual activity, anything from touching and kissing to penetration is against the law. The punishments for sexual assault are severe. Not only is it a crime, but the emotional consequences of rape and sexual assault can last a lifetime. There are many legal issues around sex and consent laws in some states. And if you're to find out more about the laws in your state, visit Law Stuff. Negotiating consent. The only way to know for sure if someone has given consent is if they tell you. It's not always easy to let people know that you are not happy about something. Sometimes the first people you're with might look like they're happy doing something on the inside. They're not. They might not know what to say or how to tell you that they're uncomfortable. Again, they might not know what to say or how to tell you that they're uncomfortable. One of the best ways to determine if someone is uncomfortable with any situation, especially a sexual one, is to simply ask them again. One of the best ways to determine if someone is uncomfortable with any situation, especially a sexual one, is to simply, is to simply to ask them. Questions you could ask. Is there anything that you don't want to do? Are you happy with this? Are you, are you comfortable? Do you want to stop? Do you want to go further? Recognizing nonverbal communication. There are many ways to communicate. The look on someone's face and their body language are also ways of communicating how they feel and often have more meaning than the words they say. Here are some ways that a person's body language can let you know whether or not they are comfortable with what you are doing together. So let's start with the uncomfortable signs. Pushing you away. Holding their arms tightly around their body. Uncomfortable or painful facial expressions. Turning away from you or hiding their face. Stiffening muscles not responding to your touch. So those are insensitive, desensitized, lover type of expressions. I'm not saying the person being uncomfortable is at fault. I'm saying the insensitive, desensitized lover that's making the person feeling the need to show these uncomfortable signs shows that these are signs that you are the desensitized, insensitive lover, not the person rightfully showing you their uncomfortable signs. Now, here are the signs that you are a sensitized, sensitive lover. Comfortable signs are pulling you closer, 
actively touching, kissing, hugging. Relaxed body and facial expressions, laughing slash giggling, enthusiastic noises, enthusiastic remarks, enthusiastic conversing, and responsive to your touch. So you know that you are a sensitive inside love like myself when you get all the comfortable signs. But you also know that if you're a sexual narcissist, then you'll get all the uncomfortable signs. And you should to let you know that you need to stop being a sexual narcissist. Don't ever be one again. Because as a sensitized, sensitive lover, there is no sexual narcissism in me. And none of my love is sexual narcissism. So asking questions and being aware of body language helps you to recognize the person people with is consenting and feeling uncomfortable or not consenting and feeling uncomfortable. If you get a negative or non-committal answer to any of your questions or if your partner's body language is showing uncomfortable signs, then you should stop what you're doing and talk to them about it. They may not be ready or they may have changed their mind. That's totally okay. You need to respect their decisions. Kissing doesn't always need to lead to sex. There are different types of intimacy like holding hands, writing love notes, kissing, hugging, massage, max, having sex. Different people be willing to do and try different things. You might enjoy kissing but not feel ready to have sex. Or you might have had sex before and not feel like it, not feel like it every time you kiss. Kissing and getting intimate does not need to lead to sex. That's why it's important to communicate how you're feeling. Every time you engage in intimate or sexual activity, it's really important that you and the person you're with is comfortable with what's happening. Everyone has the right to say no, and everyone has the right to change their mind at any time regardless of the past experience of other people or the persons they're with. Slowing things down, taking your time, making sure you are both comfortable, talking about how far you want to go, what makes the time spent together a lot more satisfying and enjoyable for the both of you. Hey, just remember, I'm not leaving anybody out this casual like that group sex. Besides, I like to do those things, so why would I leave myself out when I pay you? Right. Sometimes things move very fast. Lower some suggest what you can say to slow things down if you feel like they're moving too quickly. I don't want to go any further than kissing, hugging, touching. Can we stay like this for a while? Can we slow down? This may also be a good opportunity to bring up contraception, safe sex with the first people you are with. Drugs, alcohol, and consent. Drugs and alcohol can affect a person's ability to make decisions, including whether or not they want to be sexual with someone else. This means that if someone is really out of it, they cannot give consent. Being with them in a sexual way when they don't know what's going on is the same as rape. If you see a friend who's out of it, just being intimate with someone, then you should pull them aside and try to best to make sure that the person is safe and knows what they are doing. If it's the opposite situation, your friend is the one who is with the out of it person, then you should try to pull them aside and stop them from getting themselves into trouble. Stop it. You always have the right to say no. You always have the right to change your mind at any time regardless of your past experiences with other people or the person people you're with. There are some things you can say or do if you want to stop. Say no. Say I want to stop. Say I need to go to the toilet. Who can I talk to? If you have any, you know, if you have any questions or you just need to talk to someone, you know, it's always good to call the it's always good to call like law enforcement. It's always good to call uh, suicide hotlines. It's always good to call uh, any hotlines that will direct you to 
psychologists and therapists, counselors, and psychiatrists. So you now learn more about the kind of sex partner that I am. Okay. So let's get to this. Ethics in the adult entertainment industry. The adult entertainment industry has always been a taboo topic of the culture. But the problems surrounding it have increased the arrival of online pornography, which provides access to an infinite repertoire of free adult videos and movies. Free explicit sexual content is always just a few clicks away. With overwhelming supply of it that exists on the internet today, it could be extremely difficult to know exactly what goes on behind the scenes of it all. Are the actors or actresses consenting to performing those sexual acts or even to being filmed in the first place? Are they being equitably paid for their work? Is the content diverse, realistic, and focused on pleasure? These are all questions you should be asking yourself before you engage in pornographic content. In this article, I'm going to explore the possibility of thoughtful and ethical consumption of pornography, the dark side of the industry. Pornography often gets a bad name, it's no surprise. Mainstream adult entertainment platforms are often the host of problematic and even illegal content, which goes under the radar because of the constant and vast influx of videos being uploaded. Whenever you're browsing these platforms, keep in mind that pornography is not real life sex, and the individuals on screen are usually actors or actresses who do this as their job. Pornography is staged, scripted, and edited with a target audience in mind. Sex in real life takes so many different forms. It could be spontaneous, slow, messy, vulnerable, and the list goes on. Mainstream pornography is problematic in many ways, but many critics of the industry call attention to the male gaze, J-Z-E, through which it is produced. Instead of focusing on the pleasurable experience of sex for everyone, it focuses mostly on soliciting men's arousal, more specifically white, heterosexual, cisgendered men. It positions women as objects or accessories who are solely present to serve the quote-unquote main character, who most often is a man. It is extremely rare to see gender, non-binary, or gender-fluid individuals featured in scenes on most free websites because pornography videos are so catered to the heterosexual cisgendered man. Pornography also often depicts male aggression towards women, which can normalize those behaviors and desensitize viewers to real-life instances of sexual violence. The harmful lens of the male gaze GACE in adult entertainment has played a role in what categories of porn are being consumed and by whom. Pornhub's analytics recently revealed that the keyword most searched up by women on the website was lesbian, by far surpassing any other searches. This could be understood as a response to the rampant misogynism in the context of heterosexual pornography. Women who would rather watch women have sex with each other because the spotlight is no longer on men. Despite woman-on-woman videos, I don't say girl-on-girl because that is confusing in the world of adult industry because people automatically think pedophilia and perversion. I say woman-on-woman, so people go, okay, all grown folks, right. Despite woman-on-woman videos being the pervert category for adult female viewers, it's still important to acknowledge that even those are created as a performance for the male gaze. They say male, they ain't talking about adult males, men, adult females, women, okay? It's still important to acknowledge that even those are created as a performance for the male gaze. As cisgendered heterosexual men, 
remain the primary dynamic for adult entertainment. In addition to conveying misogynistic messages, there are also substantial racial inequalities in the industry. In fact, there's an especially large radical... Let me slow down. In addition to conveying misogynistic messages, there are also substantial racial inequalities in the industry. In fact, there's an especially large racial wage gap among adult female performers, with the average adult female actor of color making as little as half what the average adult white female actor makes. Furthermore, many tropes of pornography perpetuate harmful racial stereotypes and overt fetishization of people of color, BIPOC, Black Indigenous People of Color, at sex and selves. At sex and selves, based on the facts event series, Jet Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noor, co-owners of Royal Fetish Films, discuss the harmful trope of police porn, which romanticizes and, and fetishization the reality of Black individuals and communities affected by mass incarceration, systemic racism, and policing. Constantly increasing in popularity is also the genre of interracial porn, which usually features a white woman having sex with one or many Black men. These types of scenes, as well as general racial fetishization, are some of the most lucrative for the uh, adult white female actors involved, whereas the men featuring interracial porn do not profit nearly as much from participating in them. Aside from the financial implications, interracial pornography plays into damaging racial pressures held against black men and continues to maintain them in setting that benefits and glorifies white women. So in order for people to not be confused by what I'm saying, there's nothing wrong with people of different races having sex with each other on screen and off screen. The problem is, is when the full humanity of everyone involved and the full humanity of at least one party even multiple parties, if all their full humanity is being discarded, that's the problem. That's the issue. That's the conflict. That's the dilemma. Um, so, no, there's nothing wrong with interracial relationships. There's nothing wrong with interracial sex. The problem is when you dehumanize a party, parties and all, and or all parties involved, that is wrong that is pure evil and there's nothing wrong with gender and sexual diversity there's nothing wrong with non-binary there's nothing wrong with being gay there's nothing wrong with being a lesbian there's nothing wrong with being bisexual there's nothing wrong with being transgender there's nothing wrong with questioning there's nothing wrong with being queer. There's nothing wrong with being intersexual. I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with being intersex. There's nothing wrong with being asexual. There's nothing wrong with being an ally. There's nothing wrong with being two-spirit. There's nothing wrong with androgyny. There's nothing wrong with being metrosexual. Um, there's nothing wrong with being hermaphrodite. Okay? And, and there's nothing wrong with being... Uh, outside of the gender binary. There's nothing wrong with being straight slash heterosexual. There's nothing wrong with being cisgender. Um, so let's keep that in mind. Another issue with mainstream porn is that of consent because it's often unclear if 
these adult actors are agreeing to or being coerced into the acts they're performing, whether boundaries are established before filming. A common misconception is that adult actors have to agree to everything their acts do on camera, but this is false. Many performers set personal limits for what they're comfortable for and sign contracts before filming to ensure the, these are being respected. Therefore, even though consent is usually not portrayed in pornographic scenes, in my opinion, they should start doing that for every porn production that is being filmed and completed. Um, it's expected to be established before the cameras are rolling. That's how I would like to feel, but in that world, to make that assumption for every time is foolish. This makes it difficult to distinguish a consensual porn scene from a non-consensual one, an ambiguity that could be dangerous for adult actors and adult viewers, which is why paying for pornography is extremely important. Another incentive to when consuming mainstream pornography is that adult actors' wages. Underage actors, particularly women, are often pulled into the adult entertainment industry because there's a high demand for what is called barely legal porn, whereby viewers search for the youngest performers possible without falling under the category of child pornography, sometimes resulting in illegal practices. Oh, whoa, wow. Those are human rights violations and law enforcement violations. Both are dead wrong what is ethical pornography now that i point out some of the problems within the mainstream porn industry and i'm only scratching the surface here let's talk ethical pornography so what exactly does fair trade porn involve by the way i look forward to being a global fair trade porn star by the way let me stay focused First, the most essential component of ethical adult entertainment is consent. In addition to agreeing beforehand to the sexual acts being performed in their scenes, um, adult actors' consent should be ongoing in form. This may even be a reflective in scripts with characters asking for consent during scenes. Is this okay? How do you like this? Should I go slower or faster? And remember, it's okay to ask those kinds of questions in your sex life outside of the porn cameras. I'm a sensitive, sensitized, affectionate, caring lover on screen because I'm that type of lover on off screen. This type of representation helps educate consumers on what healthy sexual relations can look like. Second, a good indicator of ethical porn is diversity. This includes showcasing different skin colors, body types, and even ages, as long as they're of legal age, of course without encouraging fetishization. Fair trade pornography providers should also be paying their adult actors equitably regardless of gender or race. Third, ethically conscious adult entertainment puts an emphasis on representing pleasure above anything. Let me slow down again. Third, ethically conscious adult entertainment puts an emphasis on representing pleasure above anything else. Very often, it uses more of a female perspective on sex as many of the producers find ethical porn on women. Instead of objectifying adult actors, they seek to empower them and celebrate their pleasure in a way that fully humanizes and fully respects them. And they seek to fully empower them correctly, positively, rightly, accurately, precisely, exactly. 
fourth but not least, ethical porn companies place a lot of importance on safety. All adult actors are required to get frequent STI and STD screenings to protect their partners. With the pandemic, COVID-19 testing should also be required for every crew member for going on set, and I absolutely agree with that. There are also some easy ways to verify the content you consume is ethical. You can research the company online, find their performer consent policy, browse the website for more information about the adult actors, including their age, and find them on social media. Another secure way to ensure that your point is ethical in conjunction with the checklist above is to pay for it. Most of the time, when websites require payment, you can almost guarantee that money is going towards paying the performance equitably. Keep in mind that despite being ethical, pornography is still a form of entertainment rather than a source for educational content. Even though I would, I want to be a sex educational content type of porn performer, pornography director. I do. They do have a porn category that talks about uh, education, where you're actually teaching people how to have ethical humane sex. And you do have education as a porn category, so I look forward to that. Therefore, it will always be performative regardless of ethics, which is something that everyone should be educated on from a young age. That being said, in order to counter harmful and unethical practices, it is encouraged to pay for pornography just like you would with any other form of entertainment. But mine is ethical, humane entertainment. And mine is also edutainment. I educate you in an entertaining way. You're entertained, but you're wiser. As you keep being entertained, you keep getting wiser. Mm, that's me. The porn industry can be a dark place, but through our consumption, we can get we get to decide where we want to put our views and our money. By encouraging ethical pornography companies, I look forward to working with ethical pornography companies. I also look forward to working with mainstream pornography companies that are ethical and humane in how they are as all-around businesses. We can contribute to a better future for adult entertainers and encourage more diversity, safety, and equitable standards in such a complex industry. Enjoy your guilt-free viewing and self-pleasure. Okay. So... I want to how to be more ethical in choosing porn posted by Echo Rakwaske on October 2020 com. so I want to make sure that all right how to be more ethical in choosing porn go. Let's admit that many of us watch or have watched porn at some point in our lives, including me. Some people also use it as part of their sex routine, whether or not with a partner. Some of my partners actually do that. I'm not going to lie, I don't mind watching erotica spice things up. That's how I feel. What I watch is important to me, though. That's how I feel, too. And if anything like me, you're pro you probably question the ethics of mainstream pornography. You already know I have. I've done episodes on it. In fact, um... 
Mainstream pornography is problematic to its core, which makes it repulsive to many viewers, including me. But just, but just because most of the porn available online is sexist and racist, doesn't mean that there are no other options. Let's discover some of the more ethical ways to bring erotica to your partner to solo sex life. But first, allow me to guide you to the world of porn that many of us don't know. Why is mainstream porn uh, problematic? Mainstream pornography is mainly created by large pornography production brands. Its goal is to satisfy the majority of viewers by promoting in-demand content, usually catering to men's needs and focusing on their sexual desires. If you've ever watched pornography, you've likely come across some well-known names such as Pornhub, Expeditors, and YouPorn. These platforms host lots of unfiltered content, videos that promote violence against women, toxic sexualization of both men and women, racial fetishism, and unhealthy body and sex expectations, and gender and sexual diversity phobias. The reasons why mainstream pornography is problematic are endless. Pornography shows unrealistic body and sex expectations. You shouldn't take porn sex too seriously, otherwise you might start to feel all vulvas have to be smooth, bleached, and tight, and penises is straight, above nine inches long, and erect throughout the act. But it's rarely true. We are different, so are our bodies and sexualities. So let me assure you, no one can reach a climax in two seconds or keep an erection for two hours straight. If taken too seriously, pornography can affect your intimate relationships and self-esteem. Janet Brito, PhD, LCSW, and AASECT certified sex therapist in a recent interview, explained that watching porn can be linked to higher divorce rates and a lack of satisfaction in relationships. Adult movies might also lead to loss of interest in sex and intimacy and a lack of commitment. I want to say on the record, and most people watching porn don't have these problems, but for some, for many people, some people, they do have these problems. Brito agrees that pornography isn't inherently bad or good for your intimate relationships, but it can become an issue when the partners hides their porn habits when they have pre-existing relationship problems. So, for some relationships, pornography is inherently good. For other relationships, it's inherently bad. It depends on what type of relationships and type of temperaments y'all have. Those are y'all decisions y'all have to make. It's better to see porn as it is, a performance to arouse viewers. Loud, moans, exaggerated body language, unnaturally contorted sex positions are meant to stimulate viewers' desires and sexual arousal. Porn promotes misogyny and violence against women. It's rare to see an adult male actor focusing on his adult female partner's pleasure and needs in mainstream porn. Um, I'll also say it's rare to see an adult male actor focusing on the his adult female partner's desires in mainstream porn too. The woman is usually working with all her body parts to make him come. It gets worse. Not only does Porn tend to exclude women's pleasure, but it also promotes massage and gender-based violence. Landmark study on gender-based violence in porn movies analyzed 204 porn videos. Key findings showed that 88.2% contain physical violence such as gagging, slapping, or spanking, and 48.7% of videos included verbal abuse name-calling. Um, mainstream adult videos tend to portray women as submissive, that women enjoy being abused, 
that physical plan that physical pain is equal to pleasure. While consensual rough sex is a normal part of many people's intimate lives, often the violence seen in porn movies is agreed upon. Now you can have consensual rough sex in porn movies, but in the mainstream world, it's often unregulated. You should be able to say no whether you're getting paid for sex or having it for your own pleasure. Porn affirms racism and lack of diversity. Porn might seem quite diverse up until that diversity is being fetishized. Mainstream pornography promotes racial fetishes with some of the categories being beyond disgusting. Hood, black thugs, and ghetto host sluts or tight Asian teens are among some of the many options that promote racial stereotypes and create power structures where people are minimized to heighten someone else's fantasies and fetishes. One of the biggest mainstream pornography production brands, Pornhub, faced a backlash as they made a statement to support the Black Lives Matter movement while making money off racist and violent videos. Not only is the platform full of content fetishizing the hashtag BLM movement, Black Lives Matter movement, they were also accused of hosting videos showing sex trafficking victims with most being brutally abused. This brings us to the next issue in the mainstream porn industry, the exploitation of sex workers. Porn behind the scenes. Yes, mainstream pornography is problematic, but its impact often goes beyond the screen. Lack of legal regulations leaves sex workers, especially women, unprotected and susceptible to harmful porn practices. Many adult male and female and adult female actors are, well, they didn't say adult in this context, so I'll just say it like it is, as it was originally written. Many male and female actors are victims of human trafficking, sexual abuse, and rape. They have to perform regardless of their consent just to get paid. They experience, they experience verbal, physical abuse, and harassment. Some performers have to work even though they are sick or didn't agree to certain scenes. No one should undergo such conditions to make a living. Sex work is what it is work, but due to a lack of sex work protection, it falls on consumers' shoulders to choose responsible adult film sources. So what can you do if you want to bring erotica in your life but don't want to support problematic but don't want to support problematic practices? Don't worry. Ethical pornography can be a guilt-free way to enjoy adult content. Right. So when it says many male and female actors, oh, they're talking about adults. Okay, okay, just paying attention. Uh, ethical pornography. Uh, ethical or responsible porn was created to transform the misogynist and racist adult movie industry. It was porn made legally without violating employee rights or promoting gender-based violence and racial fetishism. It promotes consensual transparent porn production based on equality, diversity, and respect. All actors and actresses are paid equally, treated with respect, and only perform acts they agree upon. Actors and actresses are all adults, okay? Ethical pornography promotes a diversity in real sex, it offers videos where Pleasure is shared and equally divided between both performers and all that's left behind. Ethical porn producers also encourage different body types, races, and gender identities. If you're curious to switch from mainstream to independent pornography, um, I've prepared you a list of reliable ethical adult movie channels that don't exclude women's pleasure in different bodies. Where to find ethical pornography? I don't want to play favorites, but I recommend Balesa. Me too, I love Balesa. It's a women's led platform created for women. They offer a variety of moves and categories to pick from. 
You can choose your tempo from slow and sensual to passionate, even rough. The last also sells sex toys and publishes erotic stories written by their own customers. Uh, I'll name to you one more. Uh, Pinklabel.tv works on a similar principle to Joy Bear. They are an indie pornography production company focusing on different sexual preferences, gender identity, and diverse pleasure. I'll name to you Joy Bear since it was brought up. Joy Bear is another adult film production company that offers fair trade porn. Although you need to buy a subscription to watch it, it has plenty of excellent quality videos. The movies vary from a few minute videos to full length films. Okay, now this last one I really got to mention. Last but not least on our list is Make Love Not Porn. Make Love Not Porn presents themselves the words, as the world's first user-generated, human-curated social sex platform which seeks to transform the adult movie industry. They offer a variety of videos, including adult, young, and adult, old performers, different adult genders, and most importantly, real sex, real people, between adults, all adults. If you enjoy watching pornography, you can support fair trend consensual adult movie production by switching to ethical pornography and only can make a great impact. But you can also make sure that the porn you pay for gives you pleasure. Support sex workers do a great job of lifting safe and fair porn to your screen. Love, sex, and desire. Ethical porn for couples who tune in and turn, and turn on by Kareem Farago. Watching other people have sex is tucked deep into our DNA. We're drawn to it out of curiosity, the thrill of voyeurism, the, thrill of voyeurism, the excitement of arousal, and the all-time big driver in our human bodies inside to procreate. Watching others have sex signals our desire to have sex ourselves since time immemorial. I would often say the biggest driver in our human bodies the desire for recreational pleasure. Because there are many people like myself who don't have a desire to procreate. As a sex relationship coach, I see how porn tends to pit partners against each other and leads a couple down the road of sexual shame, secrecy, and mistrust. It doesn't have to be this way. I like to perhaps widen your definition of porn and share some thoughts how it can be used as a tool for sexual communication exploration. Whether you, depend, whether you defend porn or deplore porn, you'll find heaps of opinions that support you and large swaths of people who vehemently disagree with you. Porn is not an argument to be won or even a problem to be solved. Pornography is something to be discussed and understood for those who are inclined. Integrated into a relationship as a tool to enhance your sex life with your partner rather than damage it. Pornography depicting people having sex for the purpose of arousing fear has been around for hundreds, some may even argue thousands of years. The internet, has, the internet has made porn so ubiquitous in our society that these days pretty much everyone has seen porn of some kind and most of us have formed our position for or against based on sexual freedom of speech, moral judgment, or human rights perspectives. It's hard to pigeonhole porn these days. Like everything else, porn is changing and expanding and shifting to a more decentralized industry, resulting things like better conditions for actors and less abuse. It's also more to include new delivery systems like live cam and only fan sites that in fact make it possible to get paid to produce porn alone in your bedroom and any other sexual setting. 
Um, Other things that I like to uh, and and pocket stars too, pocket stars. Corals survive and thrive in some form in spite of a more accurately based because of our attempts to suppress it. Even within the latest censorship laws, FLSTA, SESTA, that makes nearly impossible to use the word sex anymore on social media platforms that includes the word sex education. Porn will, I have no doubt, remain one of the most sought-after subjects on the internet. When a society suppresses sexuality in the form of porn, it's probably also suppressing healthy sex, sex education, which I think is the case, which is what we see in our schools across the country. Without an open, shame-free form for sex education, we're left with the lies and stereotypes that mainstream porn and parsons showing itself in the sexual challenges for our young people today. Mainstream porn is entertainment meant to entice you to watch more of it. Porn was based on real life sex. We likely become bored watching. Why? Actually, I'm not bored with watching real life sex. I that's what I want to see. I want to see. Um, real life sex that is respectful. And honorable between all the partners involved. I'm I'm a respectful sex partner. And I only have sex with respectful sex partners, so I'm into respectful sex. Why? Because real sex includes things like seduction, touching, relaxed, orgasm, buildup, sometimes includes awkwardness, sometimes messiness, sometimes it's amazing, sometimes it falls a little short as the way real sex is. The delicious nuances that make for great sex can't be experienced from the outside. These unseen factors are felt between the people who are having sex. Those are intimacy, connection, presence, chemistry, and vulnerability. Not exactly clickbait material for the ever decreasing attention span. Actually, that's why I like ethical porn. I don't want fake sex. I want real sex. I don't want fake anything. I want real everything. I want raw 100%. I don't want 0% contrived. That's how I roll. An attention span, by the way, that is not equated to that of a goldfish. So, not my issue. So, allow me to differentiate between mainstream point and makes money from clicks and ads. In parts, misinformation sets us up for impossible expectations and synthesizes us to reality. In point that is potentially use that is potentially useful as a tool to help couples discover and enjoy their erotic desires. Coming out of the porn closet, one of the more common complaints here from couples about porn is that one partner is watching privately, the other feels judgmental and betrayed. Understandably, secrecy born out of fear of judgment doesn't lend itself to a happy, secure relationship. Whether it's porn or online shopping, if we believe the only way to avoid conflict is to go underground, it's time for some honest conversation and agreements. Coming out of the porn closet may seem scary, but a surprising conversation can take place given the right environment. Porn usage is one of the many topics of conversation that take place in my sex intimacy coaching. The tension between partners about porn. These conversations may hurt a little at first, but the healing that comes on sharing is well worth the initial discomfort. 
The reason behind why she corner varies depends on the circumstances. People turn to porn for all sorts of reasons, from stress release, curiosity, novelty, exploring their desires, as well as their satisfaction in their sex life. If your partners have a negative impact on a relationship, then both partners can sit down and really listen to each other, maybe for, maybe for the first time. Some couples have never spoken about porn without inflicting shame, blame, and judgment on each other. Take away the emotional battering in a conversation about porn can lead to all sorts of shared insights and perspectives. There's far more to porn these days in the mainstream male-focused sphere that is so easy and free to find. I like to point out the ways in which porn and its most ethical forms can help couples tune and turn on to online sex. Since porn is here to stay, let's look at what's out there and how to discern between the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ethical porn and larger than ethical industry. That this is what Google says about ethical porn. Ethical porn can ethical porn can be defined as that which is made legally respects the rights of performers, respects performers, has good working conditions, shows both fantasy and real world sex, celebrates sexual diversity. I don't mind the fantasy. I don't mind the fantasy as long as it is obvious that there is a decency and camaraderie between the performers performing, right? I don't mind acting as long as it's out of decency and camaraderie, right? You're more likely to find ethical porn when you move from the larger mainstream porn sites to paid or subscription porn sites that are independently produced and distributed. These smaller production companies make content that's more diverse, showing a wider range of performers with different body types, different genders and races, different sexualities, and different sexual activities. Most importantly, it includes a woman's perspective from the camera behind it, and since one in four people who watch porn are women, this is a game changer. We're only exposing ourselves to the same types of people in a limited depiction of what sex looks like. We're going to really narrow our own expectations of the real partner come to believe that sex only looks a certain way. Ethical porn also works to produce porn that doesn't support harmful racial and gender stereotypes. It often shows consent conversations on screen and underlines the, import, the, important, the importance of pleasure for all involved. Off screen, the work conditions are safe and the wages are fair. In other words, the actors have agency and are treated respectfully. Watching ethically produced productions removes the dissonance that arises around all the injustice commonly found in mainstream porn. Most women I work with do not want to see the misogyny stereotypes that a lot of male focused porn promotes, and because these women know very little about alternatives to mainstream fair, they understandably refuse to watch porn at all. They end up judging their partners as porn feeling habits by adding shame into the mix. It can lead to their porn watching partner choosing secrecy over conflict. Their breach of trust, along with their own disapproval of porn as they know it, will shut down any further conversation about porn, leaving both parts of the story misunderstood. Asking our reluctant partners to explore new styles of porn that might appeal to them is a conversation that requires sensitivity and tact. Do your own homework first and give them some links to sites that are geared to their sexual style, whether it's romantic and sensual or wild and kinky. Let them do their own research without you looking over their shoulder. I ask them to choose one or two sites and engage your imagination. Share them with you when you have some private time together. Assure them that you're interested in watching porn together by enhancing the sex life together, not replacing them with fantasies about porn stars. Talk about the reasons why couples enjoy watching porn together and share this article with them. Watching ethical porn with your partner. Here's some reasons some couples may want to watch ethically produced porn together. Lack of sexual experience. When a couple has had many sexual partners, they're curious about sex. What's normal? How do other couples have sex? What does pleasure look like with other couples? 
by imagining themselves in the roles of the actors, couples can start to enjoy watching the fantasy played out by others before exploring the experiences themselves. But the porn is realistic, it gives them confidence to step into new forms of sexual expression. Amateur porn introduces us to sex positive couples who like to make their own porn for others to watch. They teach you that sex doesn't have to be shameful and hidden. We can empower relationships and sex by watching others who have found their own empowerment by expressing and sharing their sexuality. Couples can find novel ideas to expand their erotic menu. Many people admit that they still have sex the same way they did in high school. Our sexuality can change like any other part of our life. By watching porn together, we're exposed to new sexual styles and energies that, are, that evolve how we see ourselves and how our partner sees us. Evolve. E-V-O-L-V. Partners can find sexual acts or activities that excite them and then share them with their partner. Kicking off a conversation about things you find exciting isn't always easy. By doing some soul investigation, we can find pointed terms with someone and share our desires with our partner by watching others enjoy those same activities. We can learn about partners' erotic and fantasy life and distinguish between things they want to try and things they prefer to just fantasize about. Lacking a certain kind of porn doesn't mean you have to want to experience it for real. Diversity? And porn includes age. Porn focuses predominantly on younger people, giving the message that older folks either don't watch porn or want to see younger bodies, don't care about sex that much anymore, all of which aren't necessarily true at all. Many years ago, my own sexual education, I watched porn featuring a couple in their 70s. I was touched by the mood and energy of their love, making me look extremely relaxed with their bodies in relationship to their sexuality. I was confident and emotionally connected. They laughed, talked during sex, enjoyed the intimacy of post-orgasm in each other's arms. That is the type of sex partner I am. It depicted sex as a lifetime of drama that has no age limit. That's how I feel. And personally, I'm telling on myself. Now that I'm one of the older folk, I coach many scenes and having fulfilling sex lives. This is the author. But I'm the same way too. I want to coach people, seniors or non-seniors, I'm feeling sex lives too. It's easy to get drawn into porn rabbit holes that aren't necessarily your back and shut you down looking any further. You want to, you know, explore ethical online porn? Type in ethical porn and you'll see all the websites for yourself. And the mood and energy to love making being amazing and being touched by it, I'm telling on myself, that's my sex life. They look extremely relaxed with their bodies, relationship to their sexuality, is confident, emotionally connected. That's me and comes to my sex life, man. <sighs> Honesty is awesome. Okay, let me just really get to this. Toolbox for everybody, not just me. Respectful sexual relationships. You want to be a good person, right? Whether you're in a long-term relationship or hooking up for the first time, you want to treat your partner with respect. Showing respect is sexy. Here's some simple tips for having good sexual relationships with adults, people. Start with respect and keep on respecting. Respect means treating others how you want to be treated. So think about how it feels when someone respects you. This is how you want your partner to feel. Remember, every person is someone's child, someone's sibling, or someone's friend. So treat them how you want other people to treat the one 
and are the ones you care about. And most people are respectful to other people. It's the right way to be. I'm speaking in a gender sexually inclusive way so everybody can vote. How do you respect your partner? Are take responsibility for actions. They're your choice. They're your choice. Ask yourself, if I was the kind of person I would like to be, what would I do? Ask them how you can communicate better and really take it on board. Do what you can to improve things for everyone. E, treat your partner as equal. They're their own person, as important as you are. You don't need to have all the power to make decisions with them, not for them. S, say how you feel. Share stuff, even scary stuff. Talk about your worries and how you like things to turn out. Start sentences with I feel. P, listen to their point of, listen to their point of view. Value their views as much as you value your own. Think about what they say, take it on board. Ask questions, you'll learn new stuff. E, empathize with your partner. Match how it feels to be in their shoes. If you can do something to make it better, then do it. C, challenge set beliefs, questions, assumptions about how people that are like you, people unlike you have to act, and what media advertising keep, and what media advertising keep reinforcing. Find your own way and let each person choose how they behave. T, tell them you appreciate what they do for you. Notice how they improve your life, make it a better person. Tell them. Respect across everything. Respect across everything gives a good sexual relationship. What is a respectful sexual relationship? A respectful sexual relationship is when everyone knows they can say no at any time and are also able to say yes. Find the experience positive, finds the experiences is positive and is enthusiastic for more. Has sex to connect and express affection, can be themselves, live by the values that they are, and avoids any scripts. That's it. Pretty good, eh? You can do this. Where where are you at? You'll see that respectful sex is not about one having power over the other. It's about two of you, more than two of you, having powerful experiences together. Sexuality is different for everyone, but what's important is that you know who you are and are comfortable with your body. That includes your sexual orientation, sex characteristics, and gender identity. Express your sexuality in ways that match your values while also respecting the rights of others. Can show love and affection accepted too. Respect the sexuality of others, especially when they're different from you. That, in, that includes gender identity, sex characteristics that are not the same as yours. Enjoy your sexual feelings not necessarily acting on them. Are aware of all the family, cultural, media, social messages about your sexuality so manage for yourself. Find out things you don't know from a trusted source. Only have sex that is honest, pleasurable, consensual, and safe. More on this later, you might want to talk to someone about this stuff. Just so you're clear, talking always helps. Enthusiastic consent is always sexy. Enthusiastic consent is in. No strings attached. You aren't assuming anything. They're free to say yes, and they're just as free to say no. You understood they know what will be involved d deliberate they aren't affected by alcohol drugs or depression e empathetic and emphatic it's a definite yes not a maybe not sure i'm a silent so n u d e spells new um the best sex if these attitudes always sex to say again because the best sex when both you, both your partner and you are enthusiastic about it. Whatever you're doing and whoever you're doing with these consent is always your starting point. Consent isn't much more than a yes or a no. It's an ongoing talk about desires, need to comfort 
for different sexual interactions. Remember, you don't ever earn the right to have sex with someone. If anything's going ahead, yeah, you have to both be into it all the way. You and your partner both get a say in what happens. And you can each change your mind whenever you want to. Whenever you want to. So understand, gotta ask on a single. Don't assume your partner's okay with whatever you're doing. You need to ask, listen, pay attention to how they're acting. You can only keep going if they're enthusiastic about it too and actively and actively and equally participating. Even more important, you need to accept what they want even if it feels unfair. Do it together. Being sexual is something you do together. You both need to be actively equally participating. Are they touching and kissing you back? No, then check in with them. Check in, keep checking in. After all, relationships and sex can involve a lot of different activities. Saying yes to one doesn't mean you say yes to everything. Before you take it a step further, change things up, ask if they're okay with it. it doesn't have to be super awkward checking. It could be as simple and as sexy as asking would you like to take your shirt off. And no pressure if they say no. You could also get to say what you're okay doing. Everyone has to be able to say yes. If a person is out of it from alcohol or drugs, they can't give you the big thumbs up. Obvious, right? Here's how it works. Not saying no or allowing something to happen or not resisting. Being silent doesn't mean they're giving you consent. You need a clear enthusiastic yes to go ahead. Otherwise, leave it. That is respect. Legally, people under 16 can't give their consent either. Uh, even if they're 16 a little over, like at least 17, it's illegal in some places. So keep that in mind. Be aware of age and consent laws. If your partner can't agree for a reason, having sex is illegal. No pressure. Consent only counts if it's given freely. That means no threats or tricks, including things like guilt trips or the silent treatment. Having sex like that isn't just a shitty thing to do, it's also illegal. If you're hooking up regularly, then develop your own ways of showing you're both keen and into it. Here's your enthusiastic consent checklist. What do I really want here with this person? Be honest with yourself and them. Check what your values check what your values tell you is right. What do they want here? Get more info by asking them. Keep checking by asking in. Are there no strings attached? Is my partners as free to say yes as they are to say no? You does the, do they understand what I'm proposing? And do I understand and do I understand what they want? D can they be deliberate? Are they affected by alcohol or drugs so they can't give consent? Or am I putting them under pressure? E how in how emphatic are they? Is it a definite yes and not a maybe, not sure, um, or silence? Is everyone actively and equally participating? If you've got nude, enthusiastic consent, you can go ahead until it's time to check consent for the next activity. Be trustworthy. A good relationship, enthusiastic sex relationship, comes from you and your partner feeling safe with each other. So work on being trustworthy and all the things you do together. Being trustworthy is sexy. It sounds super cheesy. But sharing your real thoughts and feelings helps your partner and people in general understand and connect with you. This means being direct and not playing power games. If you like someone in one relationship or even if you've been together for a while, make your affection obvious by listening, asking questions, talking, being helpful, showing warmth and with non-sexual touching. Those are all the things I do. And so I'm direct. I like somebody. In this case, I want a casual relationship. That's just what I'm saying. Sometimes I want group sex. I say that too directly. Don't forget sharing your feelings, offering genuine compliments, being interested in activities, respecting your moods and feelings, and saying what you appreciate about them. I do that with my partners. These are the things that me and partner and I do together, too. And all of that, all the time, is part of a good relationship and a big part of a respectful sexual relationship. And a big part of 
respectful sex relationship. I only have respectful sex relationships, though. That's just me. Uh, people, don't believe everything you've heard. Question all the messages you've gotten over your life about being human. And all the messages about sex, they'll have come from your family, peers, and culture, all the TV shows, movies, and ads, advertisements you've seen. Not to mention the point that's around now. Choose the messages that are helpful to you and the way you want to live by your own values. Let go of old scripts for how people should be together and make your own choice by what being a person means to you. Break out of the person box and be the person you really are. For example, you might heard that as a person, for some people, you have a right to sex or you have to take the lead. Your partner will most probably disagree and people that are unlike you have their own feelings too. So sort out together what you and your partner are most comfortable with regardless of messages. Everyone's an individual, so be open to how each person behaves, feels, thinks, speaks, their non-verbalizations, gestures, their outlooks on life, and so on and so forth. Shocking out old scripts about how people should act makes it much easier for everyone to choose for themselves. You and your partners get to make it up together. Life doesn't have a script. You direct your own movie. When it comes to sex, be able to making it up together. You're both equal. Lots of the messages people that are like you get are about being in charge and having more power than the people unlike them. You know, there's people like us, people unlike us. But there should be no us versus them. It should be how can we learn and grow from each other. And apply that to the sex life too, like I was saying earlier. These messages make it easy for people to think this is how things are rather than choosing what's right and what's best for sex and what's best for respect for relationships with people unlike you. Don't just have respect for relationships, sex or not with people like you, but more importantly, people unlike you, as long as everybody, we're all positive people, right? When it comes to sex, feeling must be in charge makes the sex about your power rather than the two of you and more than the two of you sharing equal power powers equal powers to have a positive experiences, positive experiences together. Sex is something you do together as two equal adults and more than two equal adults, you know? I remember always being in charge is a lot of pressure you don't need. Let it go, take the pressures off, and enjoy a more relaxed time together. Porn, what's that all about? Porn is a turn on, but what else is happening? I ask questions. Who has the power? Does everyone get their consent? How much of porn shows rape? Well, it's showing sex, porn often uses violence against women. This can be verbal or physical, it's mostly about men dominating women. We're talking about the heteronormative type of porn, so that's why I specified men dominating women. Check out how much violence or abuse there is and how he uses men against women. You do have that world can be um, phobic against people who are gay, as being bisexual, transgender, two-spirit, queer, questioning, intersex, uh, allies, uh, asexual, hermaphrodites, androgynous, metrosexual, androgynous persons, non-binary persons. Check out how much violence or abuse there is in the use of men against women. Porn actors are paid a lot of money, sometimes do things they find uncomfortable or hurt them. They're paid to look like they're enjoying something that is not pleasurable. The money blurs their consent. So ask yourself, how is porn affecting attitude about violence against women and even your behavior towards women? Remember, porn can easily become a habit. The more you see, the more it will control, the more it will control what turns you on. So consider how porn affects you. Make sure 
you're in charge of your sexuality, your gender, or lack there, or lack of gender, or lack of sexuality. They're just characteristics that you, some people say are sex characteristics, and some people say they're just my bodily characteristics. Everybody's diverse, different. You still want to be turned on by real bodies, real situations, real relationships, and that's me, and real respect. So keep it real. Porn is made to be sexually arousing. It's like an action movie with exaggerated make-believe drama. It's too unrealistic, so you won't be able to imitate it. You won't be able to imitate all of it. Some you can, some you can't. Porn is also unrealistic about how people look, so keep your expectations real. Focus on being real yourself. Your confidence in your relationships will be way better. By developing your own skills to have good, real sex, that's me, your life will be more satisfying in every way possible. Real relationships are between equal consenting adults. Check that you're treating people with respect and that there's always easy acts of consent and always keep it real. Aspire to have the best experiences you can. Sharing gives you a better connection across your relationship. So, sharing gives you a better connection across your relationship. Sharing is a thing. Sex is about sharing, and so so it's a good relationship. S, see them as a person and their people. Enjoy what makes them special. H, hold respectful values of equality and fairness. Live by them. A, ask for their help. Take on board their feedback and make things better. R, respect their wishes and judgments. Listen and respond. E, empathize. See things from their points of view. And if there's stuff you can do to improve their situations, then do it. Take care down there. Sex is fun and serious too. You need to share the responsibility for contraception and protection. Don't just assume someone's on the pill and hope it all be good. Whether you're just getting together, use a condom. It's the easiest, most effective way to protect STDs, STIs, and unwanted pregnancies, and it shows you're a trustworthy person. If you're getting more committed, talk about what's best for you both. This could be a bit awkward at first, but bringing it up early or on helps you get close. Break out. I'll choose my own identity. Be- I'll break out. I'll choose my own identity and behavior because I want to. Listen to others, share decisions, and value people unlike me as my equals. Be real, show my feelings, not just anger, and always treat others with respect. Admit my mistakes and learn from them and from others. Ask for help when I need it and value other people and their strength. What they did that I'm superior because of the people like me syndrome and not put down others because they're unlike me because they're not me. The Here's the box. Here's the human box in front of other people like myself. They will always appear onto it and in charge, especially over people unlike them. They will not show emotions except for anger, being aggro toward others, not admit to mistakes or backing down, appear astonishing than others. Keep proving that they are tough by mocking behavior outside of their human box. It's that box is suffocating and claustrophobic. Break out of the human box. The human box is how a lot of people think they have to act in front of other people just like them. You know, always acting like they're in control and in charge and not showing any feelings except anger is about looking tough. We call it the human box because it restricts you to a narrow way of being. 
hurts others and it hurts you. Lifting the human box is stressful. Breaking out will be a relief and it will help you feel better in yourself. Also, mean you have healthier relationships with your partners, passion, committed kids, if you're a parent, and being child free if you choose not to be a parent. Who will feel safe around you? You're still, you're still a real human, but a far better, happier, more peaceful one. So. As a partner, be fucking awesome and make sure that the fucking itself is awesome.